Welcome to the Sports Forecasters Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. This podcast has been created not to dwell and over-evaluate what has already happened in the sports world, but to predict and to forecast what has yet to come. From game picks to draft picks, and from trades to free agent signings, we will let you know what happens before it happens. Your hosts, Nick and Nate, will evaluate, study, and understand sports patterns, tendencies, and nuances to better prepare you on what to expect, just like Weatherman, but way more accurate. So if you like to pick games or you simply just want to be in the know before anybody else, you are in the right place. Enjoy the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Sports Forecasters Podcast. We are your hosts, Nathan and Nick. I hope you guys are having a great and fantastic day. Nick, I hope you're having a great and fantastic day. Doing well. Have things ready for the classroom to hit the final stretch before that holiday break is just around the corner. Everyone's getting excited for the holiday season, doing their last minute shopping or scrambling to get shopping done for those that they may have held off on. Hopefully you get that all taken care of, folks, or have it taken care of. We're here to give you our picks here on demand. What are we getting into first, Nathan? We are going to get into some breaking records in the NBA. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Steph Curry breaking the record in the NBA. Then we're going to talk about pretenders and contenders in the NFL. Who is in, who is out for a Super Bowl contention before we get to our final pick. So let's start with Steph Curry. Madison Square Gardens broke the all-time three-point record passing Ray Allen. And and we expected this to happen years ago, right? It's like there was no doubt in our minds as long as Steph Curry, nothing injury derailed his career. We we knew this this guy's got this record in the bag. It was sooner rather than later, you know, a matter of uh, when and not if. So there was no surprise here. So what I is very interested to hear is or to, to discuss with you is when will this get broken again? If ever, right, is um, so obviously Steph still got a few, probably a few years left on his in his career, so he's going to build upon this. But you know, there's going to be someone sometime coming through and being a lights out three point shooter and maybe challenging this. So, Nick, I want to I want to start with you. How long do you see Steph Curry holding this record, and how long do you see Steph Curry being the greatest shooter of all time? Well, for Steph Curry, him breaking it, like you said, it was more of a when, not if type scenario just because of his game and how he has just managed to be such an efficient three-point shooter. It's here. It's happened. So what we're looking at here now is when will this be broken? And for me, it's really dependent on how much longer does Steph go because in the current NBA, there isn't someone... That's going to beat it, in my opinion. I don't think there's someone there that's active that's going to catch up. And the next guy behind him is James Harden, who's already 400 plus behind. I see Steph's Curry, Steph Curry's career going longer than James Harden. So who's the next guy on the list right now? You have Damian Lillard, which I don't see that happening. So the guy that's going to break this record is going to be well down the road. It's going to be someone. The number that Nathan threw out before we started recording was 10 years. I'm going to say it's going to be past those 10 years from today, from the day of this recording, before it's before it's broken. So over 10 years, I'm not sure who that will be, 
because I'm just not seeing anyone that efficient of a shooter and just consistent of that shooter of a shooter right now. So it's going to be over 10 years before this record's broken. I wish I had a name or a projection of who it is, but I don't know who's going to be here, be in the league 12 years from now. So that's my short answer of it is that Steph Curry is going to hold on to this record for quite some time until someone else comes in and just has that, that kind of efficiency, which who knows how long that's going to be. But what are your thoughts on it, Nathan? I agree with the more than 10, 10 years because like you said, the people behind him that could get it within the 10 years um, just just won't be able to. And and also because he, he still has years lost, so he's going to add to this. So it's certainly going to be more than 10 years. I'm, I'm, I'm almost, you know, it's an almost guarantee um, unless something very bad happens to Steph and he can't play basketball anymore. So there's no doubt about that. You got to think about it, is, but is whoever is going to beat it, which, you know, eventually someone probably will. Whoever's going to beat it, are they even in the NBA right now? Or are they even boring yet? You know, do they, you know, have have they made their first breath on this earth? So, you know, those are the things I I wonder about is like, how far along are we? I think the only two players that has a, just a reasonable shot at this that are currently in NBA are Luka Doncic and Trey, Trey Young. Those are the only two players I can think of because they're super young um, and they're very three happy. <laughs> so... Um, it's impressive. It's just like Steph Curry beat this record in about 60% of the amount of games played than what Ray Allen did. It's like Steph averaged like four threes a game and Ray Allen averaged like two and a half threes a game. So you can see the ratio there and how quickly it took Steph to do. But you just wonder if like how much sooner could have Steph could have beaten this record if he didn't play four years in college and got drafted as a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old, if he didn't have to change the game to make it more of a three-point shooting game, and he came into the league with the game being the way it is, a three-point shooting game. Because when he first came into the league, you know he's the one that changed the game. He's the one that kind of diverged it from more of a into the post or, or very uh, super athletic, fast break dunking sort of style to we're going to chuck up threes like crazy every game. Like he's the one that changed that. And that's why we see record threes being shot every single year in the NBA, all because of Steph Curry. So it's like, what if he came into the league with that change already made and not him making that change? Um, actually, that could maybe even hurt him more than help him because now defenses are, are guarding better against it. Um, so that's just something to think about. And and then, of course, just, he battled a lot of injuries as well at the beginning of his career, and he missed a lot of games as a result. I think he's missed the whole season early on in his career before the dynasty happened. Of course, 2019-2020, uh, he missed a big chunk of the year when he broke his hand. He's had to deal with a lot of uh, injuries as well. And he just, so it's it's like you take away those factors, you think, could he have beaten this even quicker? Um, Probably. So I I do think eventually there'll be a guy that will come in this league that um, will will come in as a 19-year-old or 20-year-old who won't have all the injury problems and comes into a league that it's already like we're already 
shooting up a record amount of threes per game that they're going to beat it. You know, Steph Curry obviously has the luxury of beating it because the game has changed so much. Well, he credited to him. He's changed it. He he's allowed to shoot 15 threes a game and no one's going to bat an eye against that. Like that's just a, the norm now. Um, Ray Allen didn't shoot 15 threes a game. He shot, you know, four or five threes a game, you know, and you know, that, that was just, that was a style then, you know, same for Reggie Miller and anyone else on that list. But so of course it's going to get beaten. Uh, but like you said, I think it's going to be more than the 10 years. So Hank, mainly because he's going to be in the league quite a bit longer to add to that, um, to, to stretch that league, that lead out quite a bit. So, um, I, but I just, I love Steph Curry, the little guy, the underdog, the one overlooked in college, you know, just, it's cool to see him be where he is overcoming those injuries that he had early in his career and just, just to have this, this record. So, um, very cool to see very happy for him and glad it's broken. Absolutely. Congratulations to Steph Curry for his success. So moving on to our next topic. Our next topic is contender pretender. We the playoff season is upon us or is arriving. It's coming. We see it, the storm arriving or soon to be here. With that extra week, we have to wait a little bit longer. We're only entering week 15, but it's never too early to look at who are Super Bowl contenders and who are the pretenders? We're not saying who's going to get in the playoffs per se, but who are the teams out there that we think have a legitimate shot of possibly winning the Super Bowl? So, Nathan, I'm going to throw it to you. How are we going to do this? What are we looking at for these teams? Yeah, so I'm going to give out a team um, to both of us, and we're going to decide whether they're pretenders or contenders. So a pretender is like they really have no business winning the Super Bowl this year, competing for it, and contenders feel like are super bowl threats so let's so i, I will go back and forth let's start with the nfc then afc and then go back and forth there so let's just start with the afc i'm going to start with the the probably the most surprising team in the afc the new england patriots are the are these guys pretenders or are they contenders stay where you're at if you're the number one seed and they have to go through foxborough you are a contender you will be able to you have been able to manage the weather. You obviously show that you take advantage of situations with the weather. Patriots have a running game that sustains where they don't have to rely on the passing game to be the number one feature of it. Defense is playing very solid, very fundamental. Special teams are on par. I say con- Patriots are contenders this season. What are you thinking, Nathan? I agree. They are contenders. And uh, a lot of times I want to say this about a rookie quarterback. Remember the Pittsburgh Steelers went, what, 15-1 with Big Ben? as a rookie um, but then they end up losing the divisional round to this the Patriots ironically not all the time it's you know people think oh you know you know when you have a rookie quarterback it's like yeah they're, you're they're not going to do anything in the playoffs um, but they, they've proven that they can use Mac Jones three times in a game and still win so it's not like Mac Jones is carrying this team per se so this team is strongly built in the defense in the running game and uh yeah they're certainly contenders so let's jump down to the nfc let's go with the dallas cowboys are they contenders or pretenders for me based on their game and their flashiness and the the health of their running backs i waver because they're getting healthy on defense they looked great against washington on sunday with their defense but that is Washington, too. They do have holes and gaps in 
their offensive ability and efficiency. But Cowboys offense had struggles. They weren't clicking. They weren't looking tremendous. I watched that entire game and they weren't looking tremendous there. So that gives me some pause to what they can be. And historically speaking, they haven't been a good playoff franchise since they've last won a Super Bowl. Their franchise has not looked good consistently, and especially in must-win matchups or big-time matchups. So for me, I'm going to say they are a pretender. I think they they just can't put it together on both sides of the ball, big sides of the ball, in my opinion. Special teams are important, which is another concern. Greg Zerline has been missing a few here and there, but their defense will look good. Then offense kind of struggles. They'll let teams back in or offense looks lights out, defense is struggling. It doesn't seem like both parts can be clicking on all cylinders at the same time. So I'm going to say pretender for the Super Bowl. What do you say, Nathan? I agree. I'm going to say pretenders. Uh, this defense, they have very good individual defenders. Um, the Micah Parsons is a um, clear uh, clear fair for uh, rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. He's even contention for defensive player of the year. Uh, Trevon Diggs. He leads the league in interceptions, but he also leads the league in the most receiving yards allowed. And so you look at the names and on paper, yeah, they look kind of good. But in all reality, they have a lot of holes. They tend to ignore cover-up. And when it comes playoff time, you can't do that. On top of that, their offense lately has been looking very poor. With our an already kind of a weak defense, in my opinion, and a an offense that's kind of disintegrating this team better this team i think is a good possibility of losing in the first round uh in the playoff this year so obviously they had high hopes but you need defense man in, in the playoff and i don't i see this more of a very flashy pretty defense and not a hard-nosed defense so um they're definitely a pretender for me Let's jump back up to the AFC. Well, let's go with, and we're just capturing right now, by the way, Nick, we're just going to capture whoever, the, the f- four teams in each conference leading their respective division. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, are they contenders or pretenders? At the beginning of the se- beginning quarter of the season, Nathan and I were starting to have doubts, even if they could win their division. But as of late, they've been coming on. They've been looking much better, much more, a much more solid defensive effort from them. Their offense is toning down those turnovers, which is a big key to look at when you're trying to figure out is this team going to be for real or not. And for me, the Kansas City Chiefs looks like looks like they're starting to get themselves back together in terms of understanding we don't get the home run balls. Teams are fine with not giving us that. They want to test our patience, but I do feel like they are a contender. What do you have, Nathan? Yeah, as of late, they're definitely a contender, and in an AFC that's so um, interesting, right? It you know the three teams have four losses, and then you know basically one game separates sixth place through twelfth place. This I think is a very deep conference, but the conference is certainly up for grabs for for so many teams right now. Um, even I think even the Dolphins could be the number one seed if if the dominoes fall correctly and they're sitting at number 12 right now in what week 14 so uh, it's crazy so they're con- they're contenders um, and like you said they're like the opposite of the Cowboys to me um, the, the, the Cowboys defense was looking good because they're getting these cool turnovers but all these holes were being 
exposed. Kansas City's defense looked terrible, but I think they got a couple people back. They cleaned up some things. Now they're looking really good, and their offense is just clicking on all cylinders right now. So um, I definitely think they're contenders now and to, to compete in the Super Bowl for sure. Um, let's jump to the NFC and let's go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you have Tom Brady on your team. You're running the ball very well, taking pressure off him having to win and manage. So contenders, defense scares me, but definitely contenders. They just, they have, they know the formula they need to be successful. How about you, Nathan? They're pretenders, I think. And it's because of that defense. Bruce Arias cannot coach very well in some in situations this year. He's been out coached more times than I'm comfortable with this year. And um, he loves to point the finger. I hate that in a coach. Um, and he just he he makes some pretty I feel like boneheaded decisions um, down the stretch. I. Honestly, I, I think they're I think this team's pretender. I, I felt that from the beginning of the year. I Tom Brady obviously is a winner and you can never count him out. I get it. Um and I'll probably gonna be swallowing my words here um in the playoff, but I, I think they're a contender because or a pretender because I think only Tom Brady really wants that ring more than anyone else. Everyone else was kind of satisfied with the with the Super Bowl last year. And there's been stretches in the seasons where that, that's kind of what it looked like. And this was my concern for this year is um, best is when the Patriot way is very important. The Patriot way is what carried Tom to not just a few rings, but six rings. That mentality of my ne- my favorite ring is the next ring. And I don't think Tampa Bay has that mentality. I don't think Bruce has that mentality. I don't think that culture has that mentality. And so I think this team, is defense is going to get hosed in the playoff, and there's Tom Brady's not going to be be able to do anything about it. I think Bruce is going to get out coached in the playoff. I got this team as a pretender. I don't see them making the Super Bowl. Let's go to the AFC again. Let's go with the Titans. Contenders, pretenders. Titans, Derrick Henry is projected to possibly come back maybe week 18 if it's a must-win situation or that was the report there's nothing confirmed it's just kind of hearsay so their hope is they have a spot clinched up they don't have to with them having the Colts below them two games and they have an advantage against them sweeping them this this season they're not going to have to worry about rushing him back but the fact that Derrick Henry has missed over a month of football Ryan Tannehill when it's on him Hasn't been impressive. They've had some puzzling losses leading up to it. So I'm going to have to say pretenders. Defense has been better, but not Super Bowl worthy. What do you have, Nathan? I agree. The defense has been really good lately. But when your star running back's out and and you don't have a star quarterback, it's going to be tough. So, like, this is a team. Is this like I think about them like the Baltimore Ravens when they won Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. You know, it's... Is it is it a team like that where that defense is so good it's going to carry the team? Kind of like the Patriots. That defense is so good it can carry that team. That's why we say they're contenders. The Titans, yeah, they have a better defense, but is it as good as the Patriots or as good as those Ravens defenses when Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl? No. It's so I, I think they are a pretender. I, I wouldn't bet money that they're going to be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl, I, I know there are at least two teams I would definitely put above them. And 
So if there's two teams I'm going to be putting above them, that means Tennessee's not competing even in the AFC Championship, let alone the Super Bowl. So I'm going to have to say a pretender here as well. All right, Arizona Cardinals in the NFC contenders, pretenders. Where are they going to be? Are they going to be on the road or in their house to make it there? That's a question that really comes down, apparently, which usually if you're the home team, it's a good thing. But for the Arizona Cardinals, they seem to be allergic to being at home. They're 7-0 and away, but when they're home, they have troubles, to say the least. Um, Monday night was a prime example of that. They were just struggling. The score, yes, shows they were only seven, down seven points, but that game was pretty well in hand by the Ram- from the Rams at the standpoint of midway through the third quarter. So for me, the Cardinals, it just uh, I think they still have a bit of growing up to do with Kyler Murray. He's doing great. Don't get me wrong. He's playing great ball, but I just I don't know if it comes down to pressure situations, situations where we have to be on, can he put it together and on the road? And that's what scares me the most is him. It's most likely not going to go through air. Well, it's not going to go through Arizona, which they want, but are you really going to win in green Bay? If you go to Tampa Bay, that's ideal, but are you really looking your sharpest right now? The run game is dynamic because there's that dimension of Kyler so offense, that's okay. Defense, they seem to hold par. So similar to the Cowboys, if things line up right, I could see contender. But for me, it's going to be a pretender. What do you have, Nathan? This is one of my stronger pretender uh, votes, I would say. This is the most overrated team in the NFL. And it's not even close. They have the most fumbles lost than any – or they've, they've had the most fumbles, not lost, but like fumble situations than any other team. But yet they have the least amount of fumbles lost, meaning they recover nearly all their fumbles. At some point, bad luck's going to break. They also have the highest rate of recovering the forced fumbles that they force. Not They don't force a lot of fumbles, but they have the highest rate of recovering the ones that they do force. That also is not going to last. So... You're actually, I honestly feel like you're going to see them kind of dip here at the end. Um, going, you know, they already dipped here Monday night. I don't, I want to be surprised if they lose a couple more games, sit at 10 and 7 or 11 and 5. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're 12 and 6 or even 11 and 5 um, at the end of the year. I, I think they're going to get going a bad spell here and, and not have a lot of momentum going into the final season or the, the final stretch here into the playoff. So, uh, I just think this is a team that has really gotten a, pretty lucky in a lot of their wins. They're a good team. They're a playoff team. They deserve to be in the playoff, but I just don't think they're um, that good um, to be competing for a Super Bowl at all. So that's my take there. All right, two more to go. Let's jump back up to the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. Pretender. Uh, too many injuries in the secondary. You're just being gashed there. Lamar Jackson's injury, how bad is that going to be? How long is he going to be out is a big question because that will be a key component to how their offense is built. Their offense is very much built to what his skill set is. Huntley did a good job of trying to get in there and trying to make them contend against the Browns. Browns let them inch their way in, but not every team is the Browns. So for me, just too many injuries for you to overcome. Uh, Wasn't super confident in the team going into the season and with the injuries that just kind of piles it up. So for me, the Ravens are pretenders. How about you, Nathan? I absolutely agree. Honestly, I don't even think they make the playoffs this year, which is crazy to think they have a brutal schedule coming up. Um, obviously the injuries and 
you know, they shouldn't even be eight and five right now. There's at least three games that they should have lost um, this year that they won due to like a ref mistake or a lucky 66 yard field goal. So they shouldn't even be in playoff contention right now. And um, I honestly think they're, they're like the, the Cardinals of the AFC just so lucky to have the record that they have right now um, and be where they're at. But I think, both the Ravens and the Cardinals, the two bird teams are going to dip here in the last few games of the season. I think Cardinals make the playoff, but I don't think the Ravens do. And because I know we're both going to say the Packers are contenders. Um, I wanted, I wanted to make an exception here and I want to go with the Los Angeles Rams. Are these guys contenders or pretenders? I feel like this is going to be a little bit more of an intriguing conversation than the Packers. Absolutely. Packers are going to be contenders for the Los Angeles Rams. That is an interesting situation because going into Monday Night Football, I was not feeling great about what that team looked like. They just looked like they didn't have an identity anymore. They looked like they were just reaching for anything, grasping for straws, forcing Beckham into the game plan instead of just naturally integrating him into it and just finding those spots because McVeigh has been fantastic at making his players successful by just naturally integrating them not forcing them into it but integrating them into it and so that victory on monday gave a lot of confidence in terms of them making the playoffs because they beat a team a winning team finally but is that something they can sustain is that something they can have going and that's really where i'm struggling with them is what rams team am i going to get am i going to get the one that showed up for monday night or am I going to get the one that went up against, oh, who was it a few weeks ago, against the Packers, where they just got demolished? The last few weeks, they have Seahawks, Vikings, Ravens, 49ers. Looking at it, doing a rough guess, they should make playoffs. Playoffs shouldn't be the question. The question is, how are they going to fare once they get on the road? And if they can keep up the defensive tenacity they showed on Monday night, yes, they let the Cardinals start eking in, but... It, they were just playing not to give up big plays. They weren't worried about like having to have be tremendous, I should say, on defense. They weren't looking to get those big turnovers. They were just making sure they kept everything in front of them, forced Kyler Murray to be a patient quarterback, which isn't always a strong suit at this point in his career. So for me, if they get the running game going or believe in the running game like they did on Monday night and don't expect Matthew Stafford to be a Kyler Murray or a Patrick Mahomes-type quarterback, which he's not, I believe they are a contender because they have things going well for them. Yeah, you you reeled off their schedule. They're gonna win out. They're gonna go thirteen and four, in my opinion, um, and compete for the number one seed. People counted this team out way too soon. They're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they're a better version of Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. So about late November, early December time frame like tampa bay everyone was like kind of counting them out including myself and then they just reeled off they got hot and reeled off wins and then won the super bowl you know but tampa bay very similar similar situation as los angeles this year they have a really good coach a really good roster big hall quarterback right so they go into the year with a veteran quarterback that is very talented and to to complement the already really good roster that they have, a lot of in-season acquisitions. 
Tampa Bay got Antonio Brown. And obviously, the Rams, Von Miller, Odell Beckham, like all these in-season acquisitions that they, they're trying to find their fit and their role on the team. And sometimes there's growing pains and sometimes you lose games as a result. The Rams went on a stretch there where they just didn't look very good because it was right after they got these players, you know, and they're still working out the kinks and their roles and stuff. And sometimes you're going to sacrifice a game or two. But, you know, it's it's very clear to me that they know their roles now. And I love this team. I they are contenders, and they're I I think they're gonna make a run, a run and a really I think they're gonna make the Super Bowl. Honestly, that's my sneaky pick. Um, well, they're my Super Bowl picks at the beginning of the year. That's another reason why I'm saying that. But they have everything they need. They don't have any holes, and I think they they finally found their jive. I mean, they have a defense loaded with talent: Ramsey, Miller, Von Miller, and Aaron Donald. The Buccaneers were the same way last year, just in defense loaded with just these talented defensive players. They are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in my opinion, of last year. They're kind of going, they're kind of going down that same mold per se. So I love the Rams contenders. Let's just jump to our picks here. Uh, let's roll right through these, if we, if you don't mind. Let's start with the spread pick in the NFL, where we got some bowl games, so we're, we got some college football. So excited about that. All right, for my spread pick, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals covering the one-and-a-half-point spread. Lost a heartbreaker against San Francisco, but I feel like Denver is the type of team to bounce back against. Joe Mixon is a reliable component, and Jamar Chase has been not quiet, but definitely hasn't been putting up the gaudy numbers, but I think they cover. What do you have for yours? I'm going to go to a game where you have two coaches in the hot seat, Mike Zimmer and Matt Nagy. I'm going to pick Minnesota. Minus three and a half to Chicago. Kirk Cousins playing out of his mind still. I think this team, you know, though, they tend to make games super close, <laughs> as we saw against Pittsburgh. Uh, they're super talented, and they should handle the Bears quite easily. So I got Minnesota minus three and a half. All right, over-under, what do you got? Over-under, I'm going into the game you just talked about, the Vikings at the Bears. I'm saying they're going over 43 and a half points. Minnesota's going to put up points. Bears will do their best to stay around, keep punching or swiping since they are Bears. And so they go over the 43 and a half Vikings and Bears. Yeah, the over-unders this week and are super low. And I think it's because all the COVID cases going on and a lot of people are out. Um, that's my guess why they're so low this weekend. But I'm going to go Houston Jacksonville. I'm going to go 39 and a half. Um, though I didn't hit it last week because Jets are so bad. But uh, I'm going to use the same strategy as I did before. Two, the two worst defenses in the league, Houston and Jacksonville. 39 and a half. They both allow more than like 27 points a game. Uh, so I think these teams put up a put ton of points up because they're good offensively, but the teams suck on defense. So I'm going over 39 and a half there. Uh, what's your money line pick? Money line is Saturday's football game, the Patriots at the Colts. Patriots coming off a bye, Bill Belichick is over 70% win percent, 70% in his win percentage. Colts seem to have a hard time with those tight games, those tough games, turn the ball over a little bit too much. Recipe for Bill to get the upset against the Colts. Yeah, both teams are going coming off a bye here. Uh, Mac Jones is coming off a two-week bye because, you know, he didn't do anything in the Buffalo game at all. So uh, Mac Jones is going to be fresh uh, in a dome. Where the, Bill Belichick has owned the Colts in, in Indianapolis um, over the years. So um, I, I'm i with you. I'm picking New England money line here. I'm actually kind of shocked it's a money line for them. So uh, easy pick. What's your wild card? Wild card this week will be the Cardinals at the Lions. 
I'm going to have the Cardinals covering the 13 and a half. That's a huge number to cover, but they have to make a statement and make it against the Lions. Last time I believed in the Lions, they made me pay for it. So Lions, shame on you. I'm going to pick against you. Cardinals cover the 13 and a half. Yeah, you, I was going to say, don't ever bet on the Lions ever for anything. They will always disappoint you. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you flipped there. I'm picking Cleveland minus three. I know they got a lot of guys out uh, for COVID this weekend um, against the Raiders, but the Raiders are done. They Their last three games have been just bottom of the barrel bad in the NFL. Um, they, they've really hit the rock bottom with everything that's happened to them this year. And I don't see the Raiders wanting to gain the rest of the year. So even though Cleveland's shorthanded, it's in Cleveland uh, playing a Raiders team that's really just dying for this season to get over with so they can just move on from all their hot mess that they ran into this year. And Cleveland is just, they need a win bad. They they have had the, this, so they had a bye last weekend and the previous weekend, or not last week, the weekend before, um, they had to buy all the AFC North teams lost. And then this past weekend they played, they were the only AFC North team that won. So they're benefiting on the AFC North doing really, really bad. And I think they're going to capitalize on this and, uh, heck could tie for the lead. And they probably will be tied with for the lead in the AFC North after, after this weekend. So I got Cleveland minus three, uh, before we get to our college, our college bowl game, let's do our Sunday night football game, New Orleans and Tampa Bay. What do you got? New Orleans, Tampa Bay, um, I don't think it's going to be resolved last time where the Saints handle them with Jameis Winston going out in the first quarter. Jameis Winston won't even be in this game. Taysom Hill out your quarterback doesn't give you a lot of confidence in the offensive output that they can muster. I think Tampa wins, but they do not cover the 10.5. Uh, yes, so rivalry game, that might that's probably a really good pick there, but I'm going to go the over-under. Once again, these over-unders seem quite low to me. Tampa Bay's uh, the best offense in the league, put up most points, most yards. So they're going to score a lot of points. But Tampa Bay's defense gives up a lot of points too. And um, so it's like 33-27 to the Bills, right? And the Bills are a top five scoring offense and a top five scoring defense in the league. So, and that's a high scoring game. New Orleans are, not, you know, I think are going to put up some points just because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is not that good at times. Um, I think they're going to pick them apart with their passing. And Tampa Bay against running quarterbacks suck. Taysom Hill, last time I heard, he can run the ball pretty well. So uh, I think New Orleans puts up some points here, and that's why I got the over. 46 and a half, that's just, that seems low to me for this this kind of game. So I don't know. Over-unders are low this, this weekend. Really weird. What is your bowl game? Let's start with you. My bowl game is just for the college down the road, the Bahamas Bowl, where Toledo plays Middle Tennessee State University, nine and a half in Toledo's favor. So I'm going to say Toledo covers that and wins their bowl game, the Bahama Bowls. I'm high marquee one. Who do you have, Nathan, for your bowl game? I have UTSA versus San Diego State University. Uh, This is one that gets played on December 22nd. It's next Tuesday. I'm picking the over here. Um, San Diego State has pretty good defense, but UTSA actually was ranked in the top 25. Um, this year uh, for several weeks. They have a really good offense, really good team. I think this over-under is in the 40s because San Diego State team is pretty good, but UTSA has a really good offense that I think is going to challenge that defense. So I think there's going to be more points here than what's expected, um, and I got the over the 49 and a half. 
And those are our picks for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to put a bow on this episode. We will have one more before that Christmas celebration commences on December 25th. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have been the Sports Forecasters. You've been listening to Nathan Singer. I'm Nick Alvarez, and we'll see you next time.